Hello and welcome to the first part of the My Drunk Movie Theater Dune Book Club compilation episodes. I'm Kyle Sutton. Trisha's not here with me. Uh, I'm hoping to get her on uh, to record uh, some other little introductions as uh, as these episodes progress, but this is the first one. Um, basically what I've done is I've gone back, my god, all the way back into September's episodes to try and pull every segment that we had uh, talking about the Dune Book Club where we read through Frank Herbert's Dune in the lead-up to its its release coming up in October. Uh, initially, when we started, it was supposed to come out in December. As you all know, COVID changes things. We didn't get it when we wanted. So um, so we took our time with it, and of course, wound up finishing it a few weeks ago. Uh, and I've been working on this and promising it to you guys. Uh, and I, <laughs> It's going to take some time to get the other three episodes done, because I didn't realize when I, when I made or come up with this idea... It would take so long to go back and find every clip and start pulling and snipping and trying to fix some of the, the little technical issues that were there in that first uh, the first go round. Um, hopefully, this came out okay. Uh, it's I guarantee it's not gonna be my best work. Um, but enough on that. So what what you're about to listen to is I believe the first eleven chapters of Dune. Um, fair warning, we do ramble a fair bit in, in these, uh, segments, so it's not all about Dune. Uh, also, some chapters are shorter than others, so you may not get everything that you're wanting to, to hear about each chapter, if you're reading along while you're going through these episodes. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it was fun, I enjoyed doing it, uh, <laughs> as you listen through, through the entire segment, or through every segment that we did, You'll find that Trisha did not enjoy uh, the book near as much as I did, um, and so you'll see her interest in it will just kind of slowly decline over over the the time that you're listening. Um, anyway, so yeah, so so this is the first of what I think is going to be probably a four part series um, of just special episodes that we've just combined everything that we had uh, when I pulled all those little segments, little 10 to 20, 30 minute segments, uh, by the time I got through all of them, I'd pulled about four hours worth of content. And that's why I'm not doing this all as one giant omnibus episode. Uh, I'm just going to do it as, uh, as parts, basically dividing the books up into segments. So like this is, this is basically the first half of book one. Uh, the next episode you get will be the, the first half of book two and then book, th uh, or sorry, book one. First, first and second half of book one. Uh, that'll be the next episode, the second half. So chapters 12 through 22. Uh, so yeah, so uh, so it'll be the, uh, the my god, the first two parts, um, and then that's book one, and then book two should be its own, hopefully hour-long episode, and then book three, which is the, the conclusion of the book, will be its own hour-long episode. At least that's the way I have it drawn up in my head. It will probably change before they get released. As you guys know, I am, you know, prone to ramble and change things on the fly. So, um, uh, it's not ADHD. It's just, I just don't know where to start and where to end and what to tell you guys, but that's okay. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoy, uh, this first compilation. The others will be following soon. Um, 
like I said, we had fun doing it. Uh, I don't know that we'll do it again. We certainly won't be doing a Dune sequel together. Um, but you'll you'll hear all about that as the show goes on. Uh, so there you go. I uh, hope you enjoy. Uh, oh, one other thing. As you're going through, each section is going to be divided by music. So you're actually going to hear different music. Every time you hear different music, that means we're heading into another chapter. That's that's our transition point. Um, it's nothing fancy. It's just just some generic like song interstitial music that just plays to let you know, hey, this is a good stopping point if you need to stop listening, or hey, okay, I got the next chapter coming up. You know, and if you want to read along and kind of hear how we kind of digested uh, each part, each chapter that we read, that's a good way to go through it. Uh, so I know I know some of these are going to be divided up into, or some of these segments will be divided into chapters. One and two, three and four, or you know, just one chapter here, or you know, three chapters there, and it gets that way as as the series will go along. Anyway, I've done enough rambling. Thank you guys for sticking out with us, uh, and make sure that you guys tune in to uh, into our normal show, My Drunk Movie Theater. We do episodes, try to drop them every Friday. Uh, make sure you follow us at Drunk Underscore Theater. Uh, and also feel free to go hit up our uh, merch store, uh, mydrunkmovietheater.store. Uh, that, that's our website. That's where you can find all of our sweet merch. Um, and we would help, uh, we would appreciate if you guys definitely, uh, went on there, helped us out, you know, make a sale, support, you know, support us. Um, uh, and if you guys buy the, uh, uh, the Buy Popcorn Peasants line of merchandise, 10% of all those sales will be going to, um, the Will Rogers motion picture pioneer fund to help out uh movie theater employees all across the country who not just for in times of covid but those who need help with you know getting the bills paid or um you know i think they offer uh certain mental health uh counseling things like that uh, it's a great resource for people like us that, that work in this industry that love it um uh, but can't always make ends meet and you know be it financially or or otherwise. Um, so make sure you go and, and purchase some of that merch, and, and like I said, that money will go towards towards the Motion Picture Pioneer Fund. Um, and that's it. So, enjoy the show. Alright, so, you ready for Dune Book Club? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so last week, last week we really brushed over it. <laughs> uh, so we've now read chapters one and two, um, mm-hmm. which I don't know about your copy because you're you're doing the Kindle version. Are yeah. your chapters actually like marked off as chapters? No? Uh, they're not numbered. Okay, you can tell they're chapters because it right there's like a quote at the top and then it starts like halfway down the page. Okay, that's what I wanted to be sure of because like that's that's the way my my copy is. Uh, yeah but there's no like other than like the formatting and that quote mm -hmm. i can yeah like that's what the start of a chapter looks like right yeah so like a quote like a a bit at the top and yeah the first yeah the first letter is like ornate and big bolded yeah um and yeah and those quotes they basically look like they're from some kind of yeah from Madib family commentaries by the Princess Arulan. Is that is what they are? Is, is what, well, that's what's on the start of the third yeah. chapter, because that's that's the page I have up. 
Right. So, so let's jump back to chapter one, since like I said, we brushed over it real quick. What we found out is that uh, uh, Paul, that's the kid's name? Yes. Paul Atreides? Tridays? We're, we're going to, if you're a big fan of this book, we are going to butcher pronunciation. <laughs> you're going to be so mad at us. With us. Um, anyway, I've, I've so, been pronouncing it Atreides in my head. I, I pronounced it Atreides, so just, you know, whatever. Uh, so we found out that, uh, obviously, Paul is the son of, of Duke Leto, who is, uh, and I am pronouncing it like the actor because I don't know of any other way to pronounce it, um, who is going to be taking over Arrakis as like another piece of fiefdom. Um, so this is very much a, a science fantasy, So because it, it very much has that, that feel of, okay, castles and, and all that, but with space so space yeah. castles um we we found him going in for a test that his mother had to take because she's part of the the ben Gesserit. i'm guessing is how it's pronounced something like that have no idea what that is yet other than that they are women who get put into positions of high power and have daughters yeah. so he is actually the like the first son in a while if ever um Anyway, so he winds up having to take. Apparently, that. she was told to have a daughter. Yes, told to have a daughter. You know, that's how that works. But okay. Uh, apparently, in this world, it is so. Um, so yeah, so he winds up going in and having to do this test to find out if he's human. Where he puts mm -hmm. his hand in the box, and has to keep it there regardless of the pain, mm -hmm. while he's got a pin held to his neck that could kill him if he's pricked with it. Yeah, if he pulls his hand out, he's pricked with it and he dies. Yeah, so. He, of course, he passes the test because we can't kill him off this early. Right. Um, but it is, it is basically the, the whole sequence that starts off the trailer for the movie. Um, so it's Timothy, Timothy Chalamet's uh, character. That Timothy Chalamet's son of a bitch. The boy. <laughs> the kid. The, the boy. The boy. The boy. boy. To John Mulaney. Hmm. So... Well, that was really chapter one. It kind of introduces us to that side. So chapter two introduces us to the Harkonnens. Um, and so you have the Baron, which I didn't, I don't remember his first name at this point, but it's basically working with, they call him a Mintat, uh, mm -hmm. Tiger de Vries or Peter de Vries. I, I not, again, I'm not sure how to pronounce some of these names because yeah. They're spelled differently, but they look like... I've been saying Peter just because it's close. Peter sounds better, yeah. Um, but he's, he's a, basically a, a, a... I would compare it to an android. He's a machine inside of a human body, so... Right. We'll just call him an android for the sake of... Simplicity. Well, yeah. so... Yeah. At least that's how I understand it. it could okay. Be so I had that's to go... That's how I understand it. Right. So I actually went and did some looking on that one because I thought, like, initially I was going, is he an assassin or what the hell is he? So I, get the, I got the impression it was more of, like, a servant. Yeah, some kind of, he's some kind of something. So uh, come to find out, so Mintat is basically, it's a human who is now capable of doing, like, super complex computations in their head because computers are completely outlawed and banned in the Dune universe is my understanding. Uh, and if you're listening to this and you're like, no, that's not right, please let us know because just don't be a dick about it because I will shut the door on your gatekeeping ass. 
anyway, basically that's what he does, but he's dependent on a lot of spice, the drug that's prominent throughout this, this book uh, to do it. So uh, the Baron though is a large dude who's not described until the very end of the chapter, but is described as being very hefty, uh, almost grotesquely so, um, which is interesting because as I was reading it, I was thinking that was actually the Dave Batista character in the movie. It's not. It's actually Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, interesting. So I had it read in two voices. <laughs> one, I'm trying to fit- picture Dave Batista being fat. It's not working. I digress. So, uh, yeah, so basically the Baron is trying, is plotting the demise of Duke Leto once he comes to Arrakis. And so- With his mentor bas- and his nephew. Yes. So basically this whole chapter kind of sets up the antagonist side of the story and kind of says, okay. this is what he's wanting. This is his goal, which is basically to achieve a higher mm-hmm. position it's, within it's the house. Yeah, it seems like he has nothing against the Duke. It's just- this is his way of furthering his own house. Right. So that's as far as we've gotten. You know, if this was ancient Scotland, he'd be the Campbells. Ooh. Hmm. We might have to delve into that history on another episode, Tricia. So. Just say part you. of one of the oldest clans in Scotland, but it's, yeah. it's not the most well-liked. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know that I trust you anymore. I'm, uh, I'm like, I know you're supposed to be a Hufflepuff, but shit, sounds like Campbells might have actually been Slytherins. <laughs> hey, hey, the one thing the Campbells are best known for is this like awful. It's they killed a bunch of people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I would like to point out that my direct Campbell uh, ancestor was an. Ireland when that went down we were gone so yeah not not my branch yeah so out of these we took that land and ran (laughs) uh all right massacre that's the word I'm looking for the massacre the massacre at Glencoe we killed Uh, a bunch of McDonald's there you go look it up and then vilify her on Twitter all you can which I'd like to point out was retaliation but that's beside the point just, just vilify her anyway. <laughs> it's like it's like reading about the Hatfields and McCoys and deciding that one of them was evil and the other one wasn't. And you're like, no, they both kind of sucked. Yeah. I mean, so all these people like to be like, oh yeah, the Campbells slaughtered those poor McDonald's. It's like, dude, those two clans were warring for long before then. Don't act like one of them was innocent. Which is funny that you mentioned the Hatfields and McCoys because I am related to both. <laughs> okay, let's be honest. How many people are related to one and not the other? That's I mean, fair. that's that's fair. So, uh, yeah, so uh, did you, it's only two chapters in. I'm already intrigued because I kind of want to know where this is going to go. I think I'm more intrigued to see how they do space travel because apparently Spice really factors into that as well from what I've read outside of this. What what were your takeaways from those first two chapters? Uh, I'm kind of struggling. Are you? I'm more of a visual person, so okay. if you have to sit there and describe things to me, I'm like, I, I don't, I don't want to. Like, I uh, want to know what's happening. What? I don't want to sit here and, like, as much as I'm a visual person, I don't want to get bugged down by you describing things to me. But at the same time, if you pass over too much stuff and you just give me jargon, 
without any sort of explanation, I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I don't yeah. like it. So, okay. So, uh, so you're, you're just kind of tossed into this world and they start saying things and you kind of have to figure it out. Like, I, I got to the end of chapter two and I went, this reminds me of when I was in Spanish four in high school and we had to get a Spanish book to read for free time. Right. And I was reading Holes in Spanish, which I shouldn't have gotten that high of a book, but that's my own fault. I just picked the book. <laughs> and it was find, one of those, I was like, I kind of sort of understand what's going on. <laughs> that's what I felt like. By the end of the chapter, I'm like, okay, I kind of get the gist of what's going on. Yeah. But I'm not enjoying this like I would. Like, I'm sure I'm going to love the movie. Well, yeah. Like, no, I, uh, I can tell that I can follow the plot well enough. Yeah. I don't know that I'm going to enjoy reading the series. I don't know if I'm going to, I, I will push through and finish Dune, but I don't know if I'm going to continue the series. Okay. But okay. I, I can tell enough already that when this i'm ready for this movie that i'm going to enjoy the hell out of this movie yeah uh, it's just reading it is mm. so so let me ask you that okay so again we're doing two different versions of, i say versions formats for formats. the book um you've got the kindle version mm -hmm. i've got the the actual soft softback paperback whatever you want to call it yeah. so i've actually got a physical copy my copy actually has like an appendix at the back of it that I haven't started flipping through yet. Do you know if that's in yours or like, cause if there's something that can help us like a glossary or, you know, like things that might help us kind of understand what we're like terminology. I'm giving you a minute. Doo, 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 doo. Uh, okay. Yeah. I see appendix one, the ecology of Dune appendix two, the religion of Dune. Okay. Appendix three, report on the Benegesserit, something it cuts, it cuts off. And then appendix four, the Almanac. Is that supposed to be Almanac? It's spelled funny. Almanac and Ashraf. Okay. And then terminology of the Imperium. And then also cartographic notes and a map. But oh. it's like whenever there's appendix appendices, I'm like, okay, but how much of that can I read without a, before I start giving stuff away? Yeah. How much of them are going to understand? Also, on a Kindle copy, do I got to constantly be bouncing back? Like, it's one thing in a book to just stick your finger on your page and flip to the back. Right. But on a Kindle copy. So do so as I'm reading it, do I need to make you, like, a copy of Cliff Notes or something and send that to you? I don't know. Okay. All right. Well, we're two chapters in. I'm intrigued. You're just kind of... You're intrigued, but you're struggling. Um, I'm excited for the movie and the kind yeah. of... <laughs> would would it help? Not enjoying the book as much. Would it help if we just go back and watch the the David Lynch version instead of doing this? <laughs> no, that's cheating. <laughs> All right, we're gonna keep with it. Uh, like I said, I, I'll actually I'll thumb through like at the very least the terminology just because I feel like that would actually help uh, with some of the understanding of some of the stuff. Because uh, Frank Herbert, he does a good job of just kind of world building at least in these yeah. first chapters. But the explanations are are lacking, and I agree with that. And I'm sure I'm sure as the book goes forward, that's this way. Like if if I do any sort of, I, I fantasy kind of sci-fi is, I lean more towards the ones that have a main character that's introduced to a world, because then you're learning along with them, and you don't feel so lost. Sure. Like I know everyone's everyone hates J.K. Rowling, and I'm not. You know, I'm I'm right there with them, but like that's that's the beauty of Harry Potter is that right. you're not just thrown into this wizarding world. Yeah, you're having to you're learn. Following with Harry, who's who's learning as he goes. Yeah, and I actually started another book because I can't. 
Okay, if, I, if you if you keep me with just Dune, I'm gonna lose my mind. I I gotta have something yeah. else sprinkled in. No, that's fine. Especially thought... since we're pacing ourselves to talk about it. So right, I, right. So I I read my chapter of Dune before before the show, and then the rest of the week <laughs> I read my own book. That's fair. That's fair. I'm sure. And that's another one where the main character is introduced to a you know, like you're kind of thrown into their world, which is simple, and then they are introduced to this kind of yeah. fantasy world. Like she's a human, so. You're introduced to her version of a you know mortal realm, which is not really super different. Yeah, it's, it's more of like a old timey kind of thing, and then mm -hmm. she's introduced to this like fairy world. Right. So you're learning along with her. Yeah. Which is less frustrating, in my opinion. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So I I get it. So, um, I I prefer I prefer just being thrown into it and not giving a whole lot of information though than being basically don't over. Explain and don't underexplain. <laughs> Find the happy medium. Find the happy medium. Uh, but I don't, will tell you, I don't will... describe every single thing that comes across through the story. I don't care about don't the just, trees. But don't, but don't just assume I understand every single thing you're throwing out there. Right, and I, I feel like that's the way this book is going to be. Though I feel like it is going to explain things as it goes along. Eventually, it's right now we're just in those first couple chapters yeah. that kind of introduce everything. So. I think it's just going to be going to take some time. Uh, going back last week, we started our Dune book club. So we're reading the book before the movie comes out. We just now at this point, we don't know when the hell the movie's coming out. Uh, as far as we know, it is still slated for December 18th, but I don't think that's going to hold. I don't think uh, if it hasn't changed no. already. Um, so we read the first two chapters, which basically introduced. Uh, Paul Atreides and his mother Jessica uh, and him being probably the set up the two opposing families yeah with with the Harkonnens and wanting to take out uh, yeah. Duke Leto Atreides so uh, this third chapter was short I feel like they've all been kind of short yeah um, so that's gonna mean we're gonna have plenty to talk about over weeks and weeks because I think this is a 600 page book uh, <laughs> yeah. And you're like I don't know I have I have this thing. I pers well I mean I can look up page numbers but yeah I can tell you the percentage. We, right. At the start of the next chapter I am at 6% into the book. Yeah. That sounds right. I'm at page 34 so 35. Uh, I'm showing page 59 of 883. But small screen I can only fit so much onto a page so yeah. the Kindle Fair. the Kindle copies generally have more pages. True. So. In my experience, and my my poor like decade old Kindle. Yeah, so at least. Um, so yeah, so this third chapter basically we get back to to Paul and his mother, and it seems like we're kind of setting up what his purpose is going to be. Um, it's yeah. his mother wants him to basically be the the Quisette Haderich. Hatterich. Something like that. Uh, I'm not sure. Again, we're going to butcher pronunciation. So if you're a huge fan of the of the series, sorry. Um, anyway, which effectively sounds like the chosen one. Uh, yeah. Kind of, kind of. Supposed to be the one. It sounds like this order is females, and they're supposed to be this one male that can truly become a member. Yeah. And she thinks that. That Jessica thinks that he could be that. Quisatz Hatterach? That works. That's how uh, I read it. Hatterach? Yeah. Like I said. Um, Hatterach? Hatterach? Yeah. 
C-H, I see C-H in a blank, what looks like another language, and I just automatically am like, that's probably a hard C. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, like I said, I'm terrible with it. So I, I obviously <laughs> then again, don't. I do Gaelic on Duolingo, so that that's could fair. be that. Um, so yeah, so in this in this chapter, they we kind of start setting that up, and you know, he he apparently knows that something is potentially going to happen to his father, Duke Leto, uh, whenever he goes to Arrakis. Uh, to which he is told by the the Reverend Mother, I think is what her character is. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically says we can't save him. You you just have to let that go. Yeah. Uh, which I am sure is hard to hear. Uh, he is not happy to hear that. No, he's not. Um, but they also dive into uh, his ability to recall dreams. You and I, I, I can only remember a dream if something really goofy and weird happened in it, and I just I need to go process it and talk. To I you. I rarely remember my dreams. Yeah. Like, it's really rare. And even if I do, half the time I forget it within the first half hour I'm awake. It's just gone. Right. If it's something really weird, I may remember it. If it's, I've dreamed several times about stupid crap at work, and that those always stick with me, too. Like, yeah. someone walking behind the stand, that, that's happened multiple times in my dreams. I don't know why that bothers me so much in my dreams, but it does. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, so so they get into his his recollection of his dreams, and he he tells the Reverend Mother that yes, I I can remember my dreams, but I choose to remember these and not yeah. these because these are the the important ones. These are not. And she asked him, "Well, how do you know the difference?" And he goes, "I, I just, just know. know. I just know." Like, okay, so just naughty teenager answer, right? You know, well, he's sixteen. I just so. do. Yeah. Well. Um, yeah, so basically, he winds up telling her about this dream where he winds up reciting a poem to to this girl that he meets, and he's not sure what it means, but he's able to to kind of vividly describe where he's at, and he's trying to figure out uh, if she is calling, if the girl in this dream is calling him Usul, or if that is like his actual home planet, because she asked him to describe his home planet to her. Yeah. Um, and he's even confused by it. So he's describe your home planet, Azul. Yeah. He's like, well, that's weird because my home planet's not Azul. I don't even know what that is. And, yeah. But maybe she's calling me Azul. But my name's not Azul. So, yeah. Kind of, kind of a weird setup. I really feel like we probably should have read two chapters to kind of figure out what's yeah. going on. But that's okay. Um, you say as if I've known what's going on in any of these chapters as I've read it. That's fair. Other than um, kind of, kind of, sort of know what's going on. Right. Uh, that's why I started flipping back to the back to kind of get some of the uh, the glossary, if you will, uh, get some of the terminology in. That's a pain in the ass for me on a Kindle, so I have it not is. been doing that. It is. You can always text me, and I can be like, "Oh, here you go." So. Um, yeah, I got the menu. I have to go to it. I have to look it up. Then I have to go back to where I was. Yes, yes, I know. Um, so yeah, but that's that's kind of where I'm at with it. Um, again, didn't really tell us a whole lot new in this chapter, other than he has the ability to to recall his dreams. Uh, and they come true. Do what? And they come true. And they come true. Yes. He, he dreams what's going to happen, and then they yeah. come happen, and then they happen, which right. makes him very confident when he's talking about this dream about this girl yeah uh, and, and the mother superior or whatever is like do you know her and he goes and he literally says not yet but i will yeah 
Like he is very confident that this dream is going to come true. Right. That it's something that is going to happen. He just doesn't know how. Yeah. Or what's going on yet. Right. So, yeah. So that's where we're at. I'm, I'm still intrigued. I was ready to go ahead and read another chapter or two after that. Um, like I said, I have easier access though to terminology. So I go, what the fuck are they talking about? So um, I'm sure this chapter didn't do anything to help you uh, feel any any better going forward than you already had. <laughs> I'm interested enough to keep going. I just yeah. it, it, I just keep reminding myself it's probably one of those books that I have to get a little bit into before I feel like I'm on better footing. Right. Well, like I said, for me it's like 600 pages. For you, it's 800. So yeah, we've we've got a ways to go. So um, that's where we're at. Chapter four. Uh, we got introduced to two new characters who are both supposed to be, it looks like, mentors to Paul Atreides. Halat Dufer? Dufer? I cannot pronounce these guys. Halat's the last name. Yeah. He calls him Halat, but Halat's the last name. Right. Yeah. Uh, we're going to call Dufer, him Halat. Dufer? Yeah. Anyway, we're going to call him Halat. So, like, there's a yeah. little introduction at the top of each chapter that's basically, mm-hmm. like, from history books or other things that are in this world and so it mentions everything about like it mentions things about him about duncan idaho who's a character mm-hmm. we have not been introduced to yet uh that's jason momoa, jason character. momoa. yes yeah um and then uh the other one is uh gurney halleck who is the josh brolin character mm-hmm. uh anyway so we're introduced to these two one of whom is teaching teaching paul you know how to you know, cover all your bases, you know, make sure you're, when you sit, you don't sit yeah. with your back to the door, you know, things like that, which is trying which, to prepare him to, to be able to, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gurney is his, uh, or Gurney Halleck is his uh, uh, fighting trainer. Uh, the one that is teach, teaching him all these different forms of combat. Uh, and so you get to see, he has a prickly, but kind of, a, a kind of a prickly, relationship with both but you're you find out that he is definitely more fond of of halleck than he is uh a lot um and not a whole lot's revealed here other than uh there it from what i can tell at least with Hawat, there's a lot of distrust of the reverend mother uh and the the women of the the benega serret um he refers to them as witches a lot. So Yeah, or I, witch spy, I, things like yeah, that. Yeah, I think he's very skeptical of the whole. He seems more of a, you know, cut and dry science of science kind of person versus the Bene Gesserit is more of a... Mystical. Mystical kind of thing. So yeah. I think he, he's just one of those, this, this is a real kind of people. Skeptical, yeah. yeah. So, which is warranted, I guess. Um, so, yeah. So we don't find out a whole lot. Paul's about to get ready to go with his father to Arrakis. And it seems, seems like, Ar- like up until up until this chapter, Paul has been very, you know, kid of a duke and, oh, we're just moving to another planet and no big right. deal. And I wonder what this is going to be like. And it seems like everyone in this chapter was like, no, no, this is a big deal. Yeah, There's a lot going on. You right. Need to, you, need to be you need to be careful. You need to be aware of these things. There's real danger. Yeah. Like, it seems like he's starting to realize that this isn't just, oh, yeah, just moving to a different planet. Yeah. This isn't just like, oh, dad got a new job and now we're moving. Right. 
It was like, That's no, this is, this is a seriously dangerous place that you need to be aware of right. a lot of, you know, this whole laundry list of things. Yeah. And everyone's trying to get him to take it seriously. And it seems like by the end of the chapter, he, he's kind of realizing that. Yeah. Well, cause uh, around to it. There's, there's even a line in, in this chapter where he, where he, it straight up says that, that he now, now that it's so close that he, the weight of it is finally on yeah. him. Uh, and so he's trying to deal with that. So imagine moving to a new hometown because dad's got a new job and, well, everybody's out to kill you all. So it sounds like yeah. the plot of a horror movie. It's actually doomed. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm i still intrigued. I, I kind of want to read more more going forward, like instead of just one or two chapters at a time. I know it's kind of difficult for you because you're still trying to adjust to it. Uh, so I'm having to pace myself for a change, which is kind of weird because I never thought that would happen when we were reading. So I thought it'd be the other way around. And I'm reading uh, other things in addition to this. So. I know you and are. I would rather read. Not. So uh, I could be, I should be, but I'm not. So uh, yeah, so it seems like like these first few chapters, I have a feeling that this entire first section of the book, the, the book one, is is going to be setting up a lot of what happens on Arrakis and all that. And then I feel like books two and three inside the one book, because I feel like this is really confusing um, when you don't chapter, or when you don't just flat out chapter everything yeah. or call it act one, act two. I'm going to yeah. call it act one. Well, I feel like act one is doing what a good act one does. It should set everything up going into acts two and three. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm still interested. How are you doing with it? I'm interested. You're interested. You're just you're just still kind of you're you're distracted with the other book. I mean a little bit, but don't don't you don't have to lie to me. It's okay. We're friends here. We're talking. Don't mind them listening. They they know. They know. So I I am interested. It, it's not something that I'm like and would sit there and read for hours and hours. Right. That's right. So I'm interested. Yeah. And I'm excited for the movie. Yeah. So that's not coming till October. Which means with that moving to October, Bat the Batman with Robert Pattinson is going to get shuffled off into 2022. Yep. Yeah. So not shocked at all by any of that. Uh, yeah. That's just where we're at. So anyway, so that's Dune Chapter 4. Dune Chapters 5 and 6. Uh, it's more character introductions is what it, what they what they seem to be here. Uh, the last few the last couple chapters we've done. Um, well, really, just every chapter at this point. Uh, so yeah, so chapter five introduced us to uh, UA. What was his last name? I read it last week, so I can't remember. Anyway, Doctor U. Last night, I've ever forgotten. But I just remember UA. Yeah. Anyway, seems like he's going to be a traitor of some sort mm -hmm. um, because, you know, of personal reasons, nothing against anybody else except... He's basically being blackmailed. Yes. Uh, which, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there, I read that and I go, well, this is an obvious setup. I'm hoping that, that whatever happens with him, though, turns out to be not so obvious. Yeah. Um, you know, and not necessarily in a redemption arc of any, of any sort, but I don't know. I, I guess we'll wait and see. There's all kinds of tropes that, that seem to be kind of setting themselves up here. Um, yeah. But yeah, very short chapters, both of these. So I'm kind of glad we're doing, we're doing two right now. Um, chapter six, we finally get to meet Duke, the Duke. Who 
as described, sounds just like Oscar Isaac. So, except maybe, <laughs> right? uh, I'm sitting there going, okay. So what we find out about the Duke though, is that, you know, he, he knows, he knows that it's a trap. Yeah. Very, very British mentality about it too. Uh, yes, we know it's a trap and that's the first part of identifying and evading a trap is walking right into the trap and I'm going, yeah. And when, yeah. And when he's asked like, but if you know it's a trap, why are we going? Well, because I know it's a trap, so I can avoid it. Yeah. Can you though? Yeah, I'm sitting there going, that's famous last word, so I'm sure that'll come back to haunt you. But anyway, uh, yeah. So in this cha- in, in that chapter specifically, we're going to focus more on chapter six than five. Basically wants to try to recruit the locals to help him defeat the Harkonnens. Yeah, which the Harkonnens are obviously very much not going to do that they don't they don't give a shit about which the my, on, on arrakis the the only thing i can think of to compare it to which is going to be very niche history that most people are probably not going to know what i'm talking about is if someone were to move to like ancient scotland and decide that they're going to try to recruit the picts to help them fight the romans yeah you know, I, 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 you say that, but I think if Backtracker History listens to this episode, they will, they will appreciate that being... <laughs> for, for anyone confused, the Romans took over England. Yes. But when they got to Scotland, they went, hell no, and they built a wall. Yeah. Hadrian's Wall, because the ancient Scottish people, the well, one of the tribes that becomes current-day Scottish people, the Picts, scared them so much they built a wall like we're talking like inspiration for game of thrones shit here yeah and like parts of hadrian's wall is still there across england you can still go visit it and there's also ruins of a roman fortress there but so yeah it's it's like if someone was like well the romans are trying to kill us well no but we're gonna move north of hadrian's wall and we're gonna find the picks and we're gonna make friends with them and they're, they're gonna help us fight off the romans like are, are they though yeah like uh, your, your plan has good merit but is it really gonna happen the way you think it's gonna happen or are the pigs just gonna be like screw you stay off our land and kill you yeah um yeah no so that that yes yeah, so that's that's his plan is to is to lure the freeman into helping them yeah. um and of course it gets because into the harkonnens just ignore them right uh which honestly is an okay idea in, in theory, but you're right. If, if history has taught us anything, it's not going to work well, I'm sure. Uh, we also learned a little bit more about... Uh, because if you get in there and the Freemans decide, screw you, I don't want to help you. Yeah. You, you've got, you, you've got nothing. You've, you've just walked into the trap and your one, your one weapon it didn't work. Right. However, however, Leto is is a little smarter than that. He did send somebody ahead, our boy Duncan Idaho, who we still haven't got to meet in person yet, no. uh, to to start luring them in. And if anybody's going to get you to come fight with them, it's Jason Momoa's character. Let's be real. Like, if Homeboy shows up and says, you, you, I want you to fight alongside me against the Harkonnens, you're going to go, fuck it, let me grab my battle axe, let's go. <laughs> Because worst case scenario, you get to say, I fought along, or best case scenario, I fought along the side of this guy and won. Worst case scenario, you went out in glorious battle alongside Aquaman. Like, Khal Drogo has recruited you personally to come kick ass, and that's how you went out. Legendary. Legendary. So, that's the plan. 
and we'll see what happens. But we also found out another crucial bit of information. Leto, and of course, several other people in, in the inner circle of the Atreides family, think that, and it seems to be confirmed, that Paul is actually a Mintat, which means he can do the advanced computations and see what's going to happen, like, next, you know, uh, which we've already been introduced to a Mintat earlier in the story, I think the first chapter or two. So, to kind of see what happens next. So, this on top of his, you know, glorious savior role that he might be tapped for being burdened with terrible purpose uh i am i am now really intrigued and i really want to advance ahead to see what's going on what did you think of these two chapters i it was interesting i i feel like we're finally like at first you're like okay we keep meeting all these people that keep saying all these things and whatever but now it's like okay it's it's starting to come together now right like it's like you finally got enough pieces of the puzzle that you're starting to see the picture right and I think that was going to be the key for us is getting through the first few chapters as we get introduced yeah. to a lot of key pieces and figures. Um, yeah. And of course, that's going to continue happening along the way because it's a big, long book. But I'm hoping now maybe we can start doing a couple chapters a week as opposed to just one. <laughs> so, because it gives us a little more to work with. So anyway, but that's that's it on Do- or Dune chapter five and six. Uh, so hopefully seven and hopefully eight next week. We'll see. Uh- of this uh of this book focused a lot on lady jessica who we found out and i didn't realize this is not the duke's wife right she is his concubine his mistress yeah when he goes be just be glad i didn't marry you otherwise it'd be your duty to join me at dinner i was like wait a minute they're not married there's a whole lot to unpack there so hold on wait a minute wait a minute wait they're not married paul that makes paul that's, that's a bastard. That's true. I'm just sitting there going, huh. So we haven't gotten to the reason why they didn't marry, other than, well, we kind of did. They did touch on it a little bit, but you, I get the feeling there's more to it. Right. So Lady Jessica, as we, we stated at the start of this, this whole run, is kind of put there by the Bene Gesserit to kind of influence and kind of help shape the way the politics of this world are going to go yeah lady jessica is no exception so what we do find out is that she has her political like that reason like she she actually does love the duke or duke leto yeah but her reasoning is, is so that way while they're now on this new world of arrakis and getting ready it's basically to help him politically to help conquer the landscape essentially yeah, uh, she mentions that there's still, it gives other houses hope for uh, an alliance through marriage. Yes. If he's not actually married. Right. So, which is honestly kind of genius now that I'm thinking about it. Like, it really is. Yeah. So, but we get kind of some insight on on their relationship. Like, they are obviously in love with each other. Mm-hmm. But she also recognizes that uh, with him, there he is, he is a two-sided coin whereas when it's just them he is this loving kind caring sweet person but there's, on the there's floor, leto and there's duke the duke the duke and the duke is cold callous you know does whatever it takes it sounds like could be manipulative like everything like is done for a reason and she yeah. said and that's what she does not love about him 
She she says it's her father's influence. Or his father's influence. In his yeah, his father's yeah. influence, yeah. 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 And, she even goes so far as to say she wishes that his father would have died when he was born. Yes. Uh, like holy shit right which we do find out that his his father was apparently killed by some sort of bull apparently was into being a matador Uh, when when they actually described the duke it was a combination of when they actually described him physically talking about his golden skin and gray eyes and blah 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 and then they talk about his dad Mm -hmm. and his portrait being dressed as a matador i'm like okay I'm, i'm understanding the the oscar isaac yeah you see now like i get it you had that same one too okay <laughs> like, I, ah, I see this is why you got you got oscar isaac besides the fact that he's a fantastic actor well yeah yes you get the one who looks like he's he could be a matador <laughs> <laughs> yeah descended so, from a matador yes uh also i get the feeling he's not just into dressing up as a matador since not only was he killed by a bull but they immediately preserved the bull that killed him complete with the blood Com- on complete the with blood on the horns and mounted it so yeah. they can hang in the dining room yes across from his picture feeling like that's hey. not done out of love by that any that seems weird and excessive but i don't know rich aristocratic people problems i guess especially ten thousand years from now so i mean well, yeah. you know, so uh, yeah, so that's kind of what we learned in that chapter. What we got out of chapter eight was we got a little more out of uh, UA, well, uh, UA Wellington, who is, I'm not sure what he's teaching Paul. He was kind of teaching, talking about science in, earlier, so. Yeah, so I kind of wonder. I think he's, it sounds like he's almost more of the kind of uh, other subjects, but the more traditional school right. subjects. The the not the not being a, a member of of his mom's what? teaching him like the, the magicy stuff. He's got tutors for you know weapons training. Right, and then he's got the guy that uh, oh, Toother. By the way, that's how you pronounce his name, Toother. 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 And I'm sitting there going, so get rid of the H. So pronounce it like an Irishman. Uh, so Toother. Uh, yeah. And not so, an out outside of Dublin. Right. Irishman. So. So how many how many trees are out there? Thirty tree. Thirty tree. Thirty tree trees. trees. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah. So UA of course has this this secret that obviously he's going to betray. He's being blackmailed into betraying the, the family. And so now he is trying to hide that from Lady Jessica, to which he. We also know that his his wife Juana was or was or is because we don't know if she's still alive or not also one of the Benny Gesserit so mm-hmm. she's there she taught him a few tricks to kind of get around like the yeah to kind of help him navigate yeah. the world yeah and so he tells the truth to an extent like yeah basically just getting to does just enough truth to hide it yes and so but we can tell by the end of the chapter that he's not a hundred percent successful because she notices that he's hiding something right but she tells herself she needs to trust her friends 
To which we're sitting there going, and I'm going, no, don't. <laughs> she says she feels like she needs to go in and force him to tell her what what he's hiding. And she's like, but no, that that'll probably just embarrass him, and he's probably just upset, and I I need to trust my friends. And I'm like, no, like oh. he, he already stated, like that's that's the frustrating thing about the omniscient narrator that tells you what everyone is thinking as it happens. Because I'm like. No, he just said that he almost told you the truth anyway, so if you go back in there and press him, he will probably tell you what's going on. Right. But I'm sure that that's something that won't be, like, completely conveyed when you see the movie next yeah. year when it comes out. Yeah. So, uh, oh, I'm sorry. We got to go back to Chapter 7 real quick, because there was another interaction in there that we mm -hmm. did not discuss. Um, what was her name? Uh, Started with an M. Mapes. Mapes, yeah. Mapes. I can't, the first name. Um, like, sans something. Anyway. Uh, Mapes. So Mapes is is a Freeman um, servant, I guess is the best word I'm going to use. We're going to go with it. Basically, how Basically what they're treating her as. Right. Basically, kind of. She wants, she wants, wants to serve to them. Yeah. And specifically wants to serve Lady Jessica. Yeah. Because apparently the Bene Gesserit made it a habit, we don't know how long ago, to just place basically the the foundations of um prophecies in various worlds mm -hmm. because apparently in arrakis there's this prophecy that she jessica has to kind of figure out on the fly from her interactions with mapes right and uh and it's kind of interesting to get jessica's thought because we don't get mapes thoughts on that no like there's so in just about every other conversation that has happened in this book you get yeah. both sides thoughts as they're having a conversation right but we never get mapes thoughts on it which it is has to be done intentionally except for the very end when when it says it confirms that she thinks that she's the one from the prophecy that yeah. i think that's about it like that's the only time we get her thoughts on anything yeah. right but, but yeah. she believes that jessica's the one from some sort of prophecy and jessica doesn't even fully understand it she seems like she kind of gets it, but doesn't explain it to the reader. Yep. But. So, uh, yeah, but in this interaction, basically, Mape shows up to start taking orders, but first has a gift. A test. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, basically, which, you know, once you get into the book, you kind of go, okay, so what's the test? And, well, Jessica answers the question correctly. Mm -hmm. Um I can't remember what the question was at this point. So, uh, well, she calls her out on having a weapon. Yes. And yes. Mapes asks, "Do you know what it is?" It's, yes. There, there's a little bit of conversation. She ends up pulling it out after mm -hmm. she's called out on it because she says it's a it's a test for you. When she pulls it out, she goes, "She says, do you know what this is?" Right. And Jessica goes to answer, but before she can finish her sentence. Mapes reacts, and so she realizes that she inadvertently answered the question correctly. Right. So she calls it the Maker. Yes. And uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's called it's called a Chris knife, mm -hmm. um, which, which she says or she thinks she mm -hmm. she kind of tells you through her thoughts that she m intended to say a Maker of Death. Right. But as soon as she got the words the Maker out of her mouth, yeah. Mapes re reacts, and so she's like, "Uh, I should stop there and just yeah, yeah, yeah." The maker, that's that. the maker. 
Which, you know, that's what you do when you're in that situation. Like, you know what? If yeah. that's to not get stabbed, I'm going to go with it. So no need to, no need to. It's this, it's this mythological Arachian knife. Yes. That apparently anyone who sees it must either be killed or be cleansed. Yeah. And by cleansed, <laughs> we mean the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> Through blood. Yes. So she gives it to Jessica, but Jessica, but she has to be cleansed. So Jessica cuts her up the chest, just yeah, scrapes her basically up the chest, right. just enough to make her bleed. Right. Which is how she finds out the people from the the Freeman apparently their blood clots faster. Right, it coagulates. Very it coagulates very very quickly, which she surmises to be a mutation to help preserve uh, hydration, basically. Yeah. Well, that was some of the other stuff that we found out. And so from, from what everything I've seen and read so far about Dune and uh, specifically the planet of Arrakis is it's a desert planet mm -hmm. with very little water resources. Hi, Mad Max Fury Road. Um, it's the only thing missing is the cars and, you know, people spraying silver chrome polish on their, on their faces. Yes, but in Mad Max, they were able to dig down and find water, whereas in Arrakis, apparently you dig down, you find water, you get a trickle, and then it cuts off. Right. Which is something that that they or that they question speculate speculates about yeah. and thinks that maybe the Harkonnens have some kind some sort of, of control somehow control over it. Yeah. So uh, the only way they can get water is to harvest it from the air, mm -hmm. which they're also confused about how it's coming from the air because, as far as they know, the only other resource for water is polar ice caps, and um, cold cold air is not exactly known for its humidity. No. No. So they, they don't know where the air and the water comes from. Right. So yeah, so we, we learned quite a bit in these two chapters, I feel. Uh, probably more so than we had in, in some of the previous ones that we've read. Um, specifically about that, because there were, there, were there was some commentary in there about uh, the Freeman being very upset that, you know, mm -hmm. that the Atreides were bringing about uh, people or so. There was water riots, I think they called it, when they found yeah. out how many people they were bringing. Right. But then they were told that the Duke was installing his own I don't remember. Traps yeah, right. water traps and there was something else. I don't remember the names of it, but basically they're, they're contraptions to harvest water from the air. He was bringing, he was installing more to account for the extra people. Right. And so that kind of made them be like, uh, fine. Right. We also learned that Duncan Idaho has kind of also has been working behind the, the scenes mm -hmm. to kind of get everything ready to go and seems to have developed a pretty good, sounds like a decent relationship with the Freeman, although mm -hmm. they're still, still a little skeptical of yeah. the Duke and, and company. And so they, they want to observe first, which yeah. is honestly kind of a smart thing to do because you want to know how, how a potential ally or, or leader yeah. is going to run things. So yeah. we still have not gotten to meet Duncan Idaho yet. Not yet. So um, yeah. So no, no Jason Momoa yet. Damn it. So um but it's okay. We've got Rebecca Ferguson. We got that Timothy Chalamet son of a bitch. And then we got Oscar Isaac. <laughs> the kid. The, the boy. The boy. <laughs> the boy. For as many John Mulaney shout outs as we do on this show, you, you'd think we'd have gotten some attention by now. <laughs> so that's okay. We'll stay over because here. Because he's taller than the boy. Taller than the boy. So, but yeah, so that's, that's Dune chapters seven and eight. Trisha, what did you think so far of these first two, or these two chapters? I feel like we're, I said it last time, and I, I contend with it this time. It, it we're okay. as it as it goes. We're finally getting into a little bit more 
meet. Yes. There's more going on that I I feel a little more confident in the world. Right. I'm not left me like I don't know what half of this stuff is. I don't understand what's going on here. Right. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt after like I said after the last couple chapters five and six. I said okay. We're starting to get somewhere. I've kind of got a feel for it. Now that I'm actually starting to pick up, uh, you know, pronunciations of certain names and whatnot, I'm going to continue to do that, by the way. I'm just going to go Google it and see who YouTube, which YouTubers say. In fact, you get at least three people to confirm <laughs> that it's this this way to pronounce it. I'm going to go with that pronunciation. So, uh, hence, twofer. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it so far. It's... Obviously, it's a sci-fi novel, but it has that nice blend of kind of that old medieval fantasy feel to it with mm -hmm. the use of dukes and barons and, and all that. But you also got, and I know the book was written 50 years ago, but you also get a little bit of that contemporary commentary in there with the, uh, you know, the lack of resources. So the lack of water, you know, could be, you know, you could look at it as, um, that's kind of a metaphor uh, for, for like the oil crisis here or any number of resources mm -hmm. on our planet uh, and how those get controlled by the wealthy or, or you know, the uh, autocrats, whatever you want to call them. But, but the people with the money and the corporations, because we also found out that was another thing. I was going to say, we found out more about why the Harkonnens and the Atreides or that, well, why the Harkonnens don't like the Atreides and why the Atreides are suspicious of the Harkonnens. Basically old money, new money is what it comes yeah, to. Yeah, the Atreides are related to the Emperor distantly. Yes. They earned, so to speak, their their fiefdom by blood right versus right. the Harkonnens bought theirs. Yeah. And so they're already suspicious because they know they're linked to the Emperor's not as uh, strong. Yeah. But also apparently what did it say centuries ago mm -hmm. um uh an atreides banished a harkonnen for desertion after a battle mm -hmm. and so now they hold it against them right so yeah so it's, it's it's like it's it's the hatfields and the mccoys kind of like i said it's it's old money versus new money so and i'll be curious to see how it plays out i'm still curious i i really dug these last few chapters not just these two that we read uh mm -hmm. for this week's show but the last couple um and and so i'm i'm ready to get like i said i finished i finished these two and i was like i want to go further but i got to see where trisha's gonna go so so are, are we still good to do two chapters next week then or we can do two they're they're not super long so. they're not about you know nine ten pages at most right now so if we hit a super long chapter we'll kind of make a determination then but you're, you're gonna have to tell me that because i got the electronic copy i can't tell there that's Chapters nine and ten is where we left off, or where we have where we've now read. Mm -hmm. um, so let's just talk about these two chapters together, not just as separate things, because chapter nine. Yeah, it all pretty much covers one event. Yeah, chapter nine feels like it's pretty well like a, a prequel or setup to chapter ten. Um, so in this these two chapters, Paul Atreides wakes up in the middle of the night, kind of goes to look around. And has a, it's called a Hunter Seeker, which is a weapon that can apparently detect motion. Uh, and so he knows, he knows well enough to hold still. Uh, but it's basically, it's an assassination attempt on him. Yeah. 
Um, Someone's trying to kill the kid. Right. So, uh, so yeah, he wakes up to that uh, and is able to subdue the device and, and break it. So that way it's not, you know, it's no longer a threat to anybody. Uh, Meanwhile, his, his mother, Lady Jessica is down in uh, this room that they have found, or she has found where it's using a lot of water. A lot of water, which I'm sure will not sit well with the uh, the Iraqians, Iraqians. Um, but it is in there that they are growing plant life that you would see here on Earth, uh, mimosa plants, uh, uh, roses, things like that. Uh, to which she's going, oh, oh my goodness, like this is beautiful. <laughs> well, then she finds a note. She mm-hmm. finds a note from the pre one of the previous uh, uh, tenants of the house. Uh, Lady, what was her name? Margot Lady Fenring. Yes. Um, who apparently married the count that she was attached to. Yes. But she left a note for her. Well, the note ends in a phrase that uh, that all the Bene Gesserit, uh mm-hmm. leave as a warning, and that's kind of a hint that you need it's, to look it's for. A, it's an encoded message, basically yeah. saying there's there's more to this than what I wrote. Yes, there's there's danger afoot. Yeah. Um, so she finds it. And so it's an encoded message that's uh, kind of sounds like it might be in Braille, like a like a dotted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she finds it and finds that uh, Lady Fenring has has reason to believe that uh, there will be an assassination attempt on on her son, on Paul, yeah. which, as we know, has already happened or is happening yeah. at the same time. Um, yeah. And that uh, somebody in Duke Leto's circle. He's a traitor. He's a traitor. Um, now we know we're we're fairly certain we know who that traitor is. Now, if it's you know winds up being somebody else because Doctor Ua uh, fucks up like somewhere along the way, I'd be shocked. But that's kind of where, and that could be yeah. a whole misdirect too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we're, we we know the Harkonnens have, have, have blackmailing Ua. Yeah. So and we know the Harkonnens now. Or infiltrating, so it's either that or there's there's somebody else that we're not familiar with. Yeah. And honestly, I could see that being what comes next, just because it feels like we're we're kind of building too much up on Doctor Ua. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So so this whole the, these two chapters, we kind of get some insight on on who. Well, really, we don't find you know get any insight on who who uh, Paul or Lady Jessica think it is. Uh, they are they are just trying to figure it out, and they're trying to rule people out. They don't think it's Doctor Ua, or at least Lady mm-hmm. Jessica doesn't, because she believes he hates. Basically, he's not high enough. He's not important enough. Right. Seems Which to is, be her her reasoning. Right, but they're going to rule out uh, Gurney Halleck, um, Hawat, and uh, 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 Duncan Idaho, who we still haven't met yet. Yeah. Uh, ruling them out because their families have served uh serve the atreides family for generations for generations yeah which would make the one of them right to be the traitor yeah but they also acknowledge that there's a possibility that there's not a traitor and someone is trying to sow distrust right amongst the 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 duke's household which could also be a possibility yeah so like i said dr ua could fail and then we not have a traitor at all but i feel like yeah. I feel like the most likely thing to happen would be the trope of he he decides not to betray them, but it is they but they have someone else set up. It. Yeah, yeah, they uh, they wouldn't place all their eggs in one basket. I don't think so. No. There's there's someone else lurking right. about. So, but Lady Jessica pretty much says, 
don't spread this information around. We're going to talk to your father and that's, that's it. That's all he's going to know. Yes. Until we feel more confident in what's going on. Right. Uh, so general thoughts on the, these two chapters. I really enjoyed it actually. It, yeah. I'm like, okay, now we're getting somewhere. There's something happening. Yeah. It's uh, not just random people coming in and out talking to Paul. Right. I feel like we, like we had to get through, through those introductory chapters to start kind of building into the story. Um, yeah. And yeah, so I, I, which I'm glad, like the, the build up to that worked. Unlike where, like I said, I've had issues trying to read Tolkien, like trying to read Fellowship of the Ring. Mm-hmm. There, there is a lot of, of input and background to kind of set everything up. But like with Fellowship of the Ring, it's 50 pages before you get anywhere with it. And, you know, he spends a good chunk of that time describing the forest. Um, like, I don't even know if you get introduced to Frodo Baggins in that first 50 pages, like, or, or Gandalf or whoever. Um, it just takes a while to get there. And this was the same way, but in a way that I felt was a little easier to, to get into. Maybe that was just me yeah. personally. Like, I'm like, I like the sci-fi genre, so maybe I'm trying to give this another shot. Um, yeah. And it could just well, be with, excitement with, for the film. With Tolkien also, it's not like you have to slog through a couple chapters to get your backstory and then the story takes off. It's even as the story is progressing, you're still having to slog through descriptions and backstories right. as you go. So it's like yeah. it's like those first couple chapters are just that's that's the whole story. Yeah. So it's like could could like I've heard people talk about like you get to the point where he goes off on a tangent telling you some story or description and then it gets back to the action so to speak but it's been so long since the last time you were joining the action that you now don't remember what was going on right i know i experienced that my in my previous attempts it's been a long time since i tried to watch read it but in my previous attempts to read lord of the rings i i experienced that a lot yeah i did too so so this was a welcome reprieve um from my point of view, because I'm reading the the actual physical copy, you have the, I have the, 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 the Kindle you know, copy. Um, yeah, we're about 100 pages in, roughly. So, and like I said, on my end, it's about a 600-page book. Um, this feels like we're right on pace for for what's supposed to be a pretty sweeping epic. So, yeah, yeah so I think we're I think we're doing okay. I really dug these two chapters. Like I said, I've been, as it's gone on, I think it's gotten better and better. And so I'm ready to get to the next point and see, see where this is all going to take us. This week we did 11 and 12. 11 and 12 were, sh- well, 11 was short, 12 more than made up for it. Except so I don't feel like well, we really- I felt like it was never going to end for me. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I felt the same way too. Um, so I, I, I didn't go into politics for a reason. Yeah. Uh, so 11 and 12, I'm just going to go into them together. 11 really shows, uh, Duke Leto knows about Paul nearly being assassinated in his room, um, by the hunter. He's he's upset by it, but he, he knows he has to keep the Duke face on. Right. But he is, he is incredibly pissed off. Chapter 12 focuses on uh, him and Paul meeting with uh, Gurney Halleck, uh, two for Howitt. Uh, strategy meeting. Basically just, yeah, having a strategy meeting. We finally get introduced to Duncan Idaho briefly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, basically having a strategy meeting, 
to decide what to do and how to go about it um, mm -hmm. and basically what next steps are. And as you're reading it, you kind of get the sense that, that this has is, this is actually put the Duke back on his heels and he's not quite sure exactly what to do. Um, and is probably making an over-aggressive mistake that will ultimately lead to his demise as, as has been set up in this book already. Um, yeah. yeah, no, reading these, these two chapters, like the, so that first chapter, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to, to get going. Um, there, there is a lot of politics and strategy in chapter 12 that were difficult to just kind of get through. Now, I found it interesting, but at the same time, I'm going... I did it first, but after a while, I'm like, uh, uh, this okay. is usually the point where we, we skip to the end of the meeting. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it does play out. And I'm sure on screen, it'll go a lot faster than it does because there is some descriptive stuff and a little yeah. more, a little bit of background that gets thrown into yeah. it. But... Uh, Duncan Idaho has split allegiances. Yes. So he is sworn to both the Duke and the Freeman. Yes. Um, so, yeah, so we finally get a small introduction to him. And the way he is described, I'm going, yep, that's definitely Jason Momoa. Um, but we're also introduced to another character uh, who seems to be the leader of the Freeman, uh, and that is Stilgar, who will be played by Javier Bardem. So the entire time I'm reading it, I hear it in that, in his tone and cadence, and I'm going, he just makes such a good bad guy, and I don't think he's going to be a bad guy in this, but I kind of want him to be. Uh, but yeah, so we're introduced to that. So now we know Duncan Idaho is now one of two people in this book that has a Chris knife, which, mm -hmm. as we know, are are very rare and created from uh, from the yeah. teeth of of sandworms. And the Harkonnens are trying to get one. Yes, so um, they can infiltrate. Yes. Uh, so yeah, so so that's basically what the, these two chapters are about: is building up to this next situation and basically kind of preparing for what looks to be an all-out battle. Yeah, um, I'm with you. I thought this was this chapter was kind of a slog, um, and I'm hoping I'm hoping the next like from here on out we might we'll probably hit more road bumps like this throughout the the book because it is such an epic and there, there is a lot of ground to cover and a lot to still set up with things. Um, yeah. But I don't feel, I don't feel like it moved as slow as those first like three or four chapters where we were no. trying to learn everything. So uh, other than that, what are your, what are your thoughts on the two chapters? Just what we've said that uh, this was much harder to get through. Like it picked up so well. Yeah. And I, I was like, all right, here we go. And now I'm just like, and we're back. Yeah, that, yeah, the whole meeting chapter, chapter 12, it just, it did bring things kind of to a, to a halt. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I felt like there was a lot of pertinent information in there too that I feel like we probably had to get to that will probably set things up later on. Um, and like I said, at least by the end of it, we did get an introduction to, uh, to Duncan Idaho, who's been mentioned since the start of the book. Yeah, um, and we also we get, seen yet. yeah, we also get some insight into into what Paul is thinking about about his father Duke Leto, uh, what he's thinking, and that uh, by the end of it, you realize he he does not seem to think things are going as well as everybody has been leading on. Yeah, uh, and that's the sense, and I'm sure that's going to pay pay off big later later into the book. Um, you also get a sense of you know there there does seem to be 
some question of whether or not Tufer is just too old to be to be the mentat that he is and to be doing everything that he's doing in his capacity. Um, and so I think it's going to be a question of uh, whether or not age and wisdom are going to going to outdo youth and vi vitality by the end of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, like I said, I found it to be an interesting chapter, if not, yeah, just a, a little bit slow. Um, I don't know. We'll get back to it next week. We'll see what happens in chapters 13 and 14, but we'll go from there. Thank you.